Welcome back to FisherLink, a podcast presented by Fisher Inc. Magazine for the Fisher College of Business to highlight stories in and around Ohio State that you may not have heard about. I'm Andrew Chihata, the Vice President of Podcast for Fisher Inc. In this episode, I'll be speaking with our guest, Connor Ream, who is an Ohio State alum and current Fisher MBA candidate. Connor works as a financial reporting manager at NetJets and holds a CPA license. Thank you for joining me today, Connor. Can you share where you're from, when you graduated from Ohio State, and what you're studying for your MBA? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andrew. So I graduated from Ohio State in 2015, originating from Michigan, actually. So I grew up in Michigan and then went to OSU um, for undergrad and got into the the Fisher Honors Program there. Um, And then in terms of when I graduated, I graduated, like I said, in 2015, Um, Started my career at PwC, and then after PwC, went to Battelle, and I'm currently at NetJets, as you mentioned, and I am doing my MBA part-time at Ohio State um, in the night class program, and I am studying kind of a general MBA is how the program structured, but really focusing primarily on finance as well as like strategy type courses. Yeah, and it's interesting that you're doing the night class. So does that take longer to get it than just going all the way through? Like what's the time difference on that? Yeah. Yeah. So MBAs are, there's a lot of different options out there. You can do like a full-time MBA, which are typically two years. And with doing that, you obviously wouldn't have a job. And so you would really just be doing school. Um, And there are several part-time programs that are out there. Um, Some are online, and then obviously I'm local to Columbus, so the fact that Ohio State, at the time I started, was in person, now they do a little bit more of a hybrid one, Um, but they, for the working professional program, which is the one that I'm in, it's about a two and a half year program, so it's eight semesters, and you take two classes per semester, and so from a work perspective, it's about two nights a week, Um, you know, they're three-hour classes, so it's a pretty decent commitment. Uh, but definitely glad I'm doing it. I think it opens up a lot of doors professionally and then also from a relationship perspective. Um, that's the reason why I chose the Ohio State MBA is because <clears throat> it was entirely in person when I started it back in 2019. Um, and, you know, you meet a lot of people like-minded like yourself who are trying to grow locally here in Columbus and, and around Ohio. And so I think just building those relationships is really critical. Yeah, and um, going back to Ohio State in general, um, what was your favorite memory from Ohio State, whether it's from grad school or undergrad? Yeah, I would say my favorite memory is definitely meeting my wife there. Um, I'd be remiss not to say that, but I think I, you know, met her when I was a sophomore or junior, I think. Um, and, you know, we dated for seven, eight years and then just recently got married. Um, I think it that's obviously my favorite memory and just being able to have someone who went to OSU with me and kind of knows what Ohio State's like and share some of similar memories that we made together um, has been really cool. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, by the way. Um, you guys had your wedding a couple months ago and she's also in grad school, too. So you guys are, you know, a very similar path right now. Um, and then when you were back in grad in undergrad, what organizations were you involved in and how did they impact your academic experience? Yeah, the only organization I was really involved with was Buckeye Capital Investors or BCI. I'm not sure if it's still around now, um, but 
what it was was basically a student investment club we didn't manage it like osu's money or anything like that but it was really just a bunch of people who would come together once a week we would just kind of throw different investment ideas primarily like stocks stuff um and then we really kind of grew the organization to change it where we had different people focusing on different industries and sectors um, and managing you know your own portfolios but i think it was really cool because there's a lot of smart people at fisher um, with a lot of unique backgrounds and so you know we had people that were focused like in pre-med type stuff, a lot of like engineers in the club. Um, and so that brings a completely different perspective than your typical like Fisher student would. Um, so I think that was really neat. It opened my eyes, one, to investing and two, to just overall what the financial markets are like and, and different types of people as well. Yeah, so BCI uh, today is a very prestigious club at Fisher and you have to go through interviews to get in and there's a decent application pro like process you have to go through. So uh, it's definitely grown even more than um, the work that you put into it. And it's like a very robust club that we have. Well, that's neat. That's neat. Um, you'll have to let me know. The One of my good friends was the president at the time. I'm sure he'd love to come back and talk if you know anyone in the club. Yeah, I do. Um, so the next question is, which undergraduate classes were your favorite and how have they influenced your work experiences? I would say my favorite classes were probably the non-Fisher classes. Um, I think I viewed the Fisher courses really as just a, a path to get the degree and, and really lay that baseline education um, from a finance and accounting perspective. But I think the most truly enriching courses were the ones outside of Fisher, like one that immediately jumps to mind was I took a self-defense class, which is pretty cool. And like how, I mean, you really wouldn't get an opportunity to take that type of course outside of college. Um, so I did, I enjoyed stuff like that a lot. And then I will say just from a Fisher perspective, I think the intro to accounting course with Mark Smith was, was really valuable. Uh, obviously I went and did, you know, the CPA path, but even for non-accounting people, I think it provides a really good baseline understanding of, debits credits just how businesses operate yeah accounting one and two are definitely like really foundational classes that anyone can use i'm in uh, accounting two right now with mark smith and it's just a very different way of like teaching that he has compared to other lecturers and it's just um definitely a great class that we still have that cool yeah it's and not easy but it's uh, it's not easy <laughs> yeah it, i i think I'm doing better in two than one right now, but um, this next unit may give me some trouble. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, so you had an internship with PwC and then you also worked there for a few years. So what kind of skills from your internship experiences were really crucial in your postgraduate career? I would say internships are your first view into what, being a professional is like being in like a professional setting, especially like in a corporate America type place. Um, you know, obviously you can have jobs around campus or just odd jobs that you've done in the past, but those really aren't based in corporate America. So I think from a skills perspective, you learn how to be a professional, you learn how to build relationships with people who are, you know, much older than you. I think, you know, your bosses and your boss's boss, they're all going to be you know, a little bit more experienced than you are professionally. And so I think 
being able to relate to all different types of people, not just students that you see. Um, I think that's really important. And then obviously the technical component of it. I think what you learn in school is, again, foundational. I don't think anything that you learn in school will prepare you for any job that you take. Um, any job that you do is really unique to that company and unique to that position. And then everything that you learn in Fisher is really just kind of a background to make sure that you have a baseline skill set and baseline understanding of how business works. Yeah. So you kind of touched on this a little bit about like advice for like um, younger students. So what would you tell yourself 10 years ago if you go back in time? So 10 years ago probably puts me where you are today, Andrew. Um, I would say a couple things. One, find someone who's doing what you want to do that's a couple years ahead of you. Um, so almost like a, a peer type mentor. So let's say, you know, you're a freshman or sophomore in Fisher, you see a senior, someone who just graduated kind of where you want to be, or maybe they're getting a job at a company that you want to, to work at. Reach out to them, um, connect with them, see kind of how they navigated the process and how they got to where they are. Uh, Fisher provides a ton of resources, <clears throat> but they're all very generic, right? They're just open to everyone. Knowing someone who's gone through it, especially to where you want to be, they might show you or kind of provide some additional tips um, that they learned along the way. I think that would be really beneficial. And then also just, I would say, take risks. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about BCI and I was thinking about that as we were, we were talking about that earlier. Um, <clears throat> I remember like, we would pitch like Tesla stock came up and this was back in, I don't know, 2011, 2012. And, you know, it was like 10, 15 bucks a share or something like that. And I remember I was too scared. Like, well, you know, they're not making money. They're losing money. Why would I invest in a company like that? And, you know, we all know where they are today. So I think just take risks um, in general would be a good career advice. Yeah. I mean, you take, you miss every shot you don't take. So, uh, that's, that's great advice. You know, obviously if you have a good risk tolerance, you know, don't go too far, but um, if you don't go for it, you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, so I guess going back to like your career, how did you decide to become an accountant like early on? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I don't really have a great answer for that. I think I knew I wanted to do business and you know, it's kind of what I had alluded to earlier. Once you get into Fisher, there are just so many things going on that navigating it can be challenging. I think a lot of times you just kind of latch on to, oh, this kind of sounds cool. Maybe I'll pursue that. Because um, I didn't really have like a couple people that were older than me that I could kind of ask what you think. Um, so it was really just a matter of me going to various different events at Fisher. And so I went to, you know, finance, corporate finance events, a lot of the accounting events, um, just basically companies would come in and talk to you, or you'd go to different like clubs and stuff. And then I really just latched on to the accounting firms and just building a relationship with the big four firms that were always on campus. Um, that's really what drove me to become an accountant. It wasn't like a deep desire to it. It was really just the relationship side of things, the initial opportunities that Fisher offered. So did you enter Fisher as an accounting major or did you start undecided and then decide to be an accounting major? Yeah, I think started undecided. Um, 
so I think freshman and sophomore year just was going through like the core Fisher stuff and then at that point you have to decide what you want to do and so I chose accounting and it was really truly based upon the experiences outside of the classroom that I had at Fisher um, like various networking events clubs things like that that made me choose accounting yeah and then going forward with accounting what was the path that you took to getting your CPA license I know there's a lot of different ways that you can approach that and it can be pretty difficult depending on how you um, take that on. Yeah, I made the mistake of not getting my CPA license before I started working at PwC. Um, so I was working at PwC, which, you know, depending on your clients can be quite rigorous work. Um, and then I also was studying for my CPA on top of that. And so that's, I mean, it took me about a year and a half to do um, so it's long process. There's an option to do it essentially from, let's say you graduate in May and you start your career in September. Some people try to knock it out in that short time frame, um, which I would highly recommend if, if that's the path you want to take. Yeah, I'm interested in the Fisher Mac program because I'm a finance major, but you know, you need 150 hours and you need 30 of accounting. So you add that 30 onto the 120 from finance with the Mac program. And then you've got the requirements and you can um, sit on the CPA exam uh, right after you graduate one year, basically, of grad school. So I think that's a pretty like nice option they have now. Um, they developed that program with KPMG. So it's like really tempting for me to like look into that further. Yeah, if you want to do the CPA, it's not a bad path. Um, certainly nice that OSU offers that. And I guess speaking of grad school, um, for you, in which ways does grad school differ from undergrad and what made you want to pursue your MBA? Grad school is, I would say, 100% different from undergrad. I think <clears throat> people that are in grad school have some level of work experience, right? And the people that are there, the experience varies. You know, some people might be two or three years outside of undergrad. Some people might be 10 to 15 years and have a completely different perspective and different status and where they are in life. Um, so I think from that perspective, the people that you work with are, it's more of a diverse background. Um, and then the topics that you cover are also much different. Undergrad is very, I would say technical, right? You talk about your intro to finance, your intro to accounting courses. Yeah, that's very much just your basics, you know, time value of money or your debits and credit stuff. However, grad school is a lot more strategic and theoretical. It essentially teaches you how to think as an executive or a leader, um, where I would say what undergrad teaches you is how to become a solid individual contributor to a team um, within the workforce. So it's a, it's a completely different perspective. And I really appreciate the grad school approach. Uh, I wanted to do it Primarily just because I thought at some point in my career, I would regret if I didn't do it. Um, and so for me doing it where I'm at, where I'm still, you know, don't have kids or anything like that. I thought it made sense for me to get that education, build that network um, within Columbus and the broader central Ohio area and try to work relationships and build my career that way. Yeah. My dad went to grad school um, early on in his career and he said it was much more social compared to undergrad and like he really valued that part. So I'm glad you're also taking advantage of the connections you can make. Um, so speaking of your 
MBA, I guess, like, where do you see yourself in five years, whether it's uh, personally or through your career? Like, how do you think your life's going to change? Um, I would say career wise, it's really hard to project out five years. So I graduated six years ago from Ohio State. And if you told me this is where I would be in five or six years, I probably would not have guessed it. Um, so I think it's really hard to project out five years. I kind of received some advice early on in my career to view your career in like two year increments. So essentially someone told me every two years, ask yourself, like, are you appropriately compensated? Are you appropriately challenged? And then do you have the right path for growth with where you're at? And so every two years, I kind of ask myself those questions and then reevaluate do I want to make a pivot? Do I want to change companies? Do I want to change, you know, industries or do I want to change like what I'm doing? Like currently I'm in more of a financial reporting role. Do I want to maybe go to marketing, for example? Um, and so I continue to ask myself that every two years. So I would say in the next few years, I could maybe see myself making a change in maybe from financial reporting to maybe a pure like operations type role um, or more of like a FP&A type of position. But I couldn't tell you where that's at and, you know, what that level would be. Yeah, that's interesting that you're thinking of it in two years instead of five years, because I guess things are so volatile just all the time. Like you never know. I mean, a company could go bankrupt like any any time, basically, and you wouldn't even know what's going to happen. Um, or like industries like come up out of nowhere, like startups here and there. So I guess like looking at it from like a smaller view is probably more beneficial than that five-year plan. Yeah. And, and to that point as well, Andrew, I think the five years and 10-year plan is largely based on generations in the past, right? Whereas you would stay with the company, you know, potentially your whole career. And the reason you would do that is because you would build a pension and now pensions just don't exist. And so the mindset now, at least from what I've seen, is really that two to three years, you need to be looking to potentially make a move, um, maybe not changing companies, but internally, even within the same company. you got to grow your career through making changes rather than just staying static and trying to grind out a career at one place. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are using like Roth IRAs now um, rather than relying on like their companies contributions so that's definitely a change that uh is you know progressing as people you know uh like as the generations change you're right about that um so last question i have for you is do you have any closing advice for fisher students just any last comments you want to make uh, i would say just enjoy your experience i mean i think fisher is a great program i would say it's obviously a great school um so have fun while you're there. But I would also say take chances um, with what you're doing. So, you know, if you're considering joining a club that you might have some interest in, but you don't know anyone, take a chance, do it. Um, I think that would be important. I would also say reach out to people, build relationships. I think as I've grown in my career, all the opportunities I've received have been through relationships that I've built professionally. 
Um, and I find that is probably the most important thing that you can do. Um, so people will definitely vouch for you as a person and as a worker, um, and they will connect you with other people. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to people, build relationships. And like I said, just have fun. I think Fisher is a great spot. OSU is awesome. So you guys are all in a good position to succeed. Thank you so much for coming on, Connor. Uh, I think you gave everyone some great advice and you have uh, really strong insight into the industry and uh, Fisher and Ohio State. So I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andrew. And that's it for this episode of Fisher Link. Fisher Link is presented by Fisher Inc., the student-run magazine for the Fisher College of Business. I'm Andrew Shihata, the Vice President of Podcasts for Fisher Inc., and I'd like to thank Charlotte Geary, the President of Fisher Inc., for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed listening, please leave a review, check out our past episodes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Fisher Inc. Mag for updates on future episodes. Fisher Link is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcast and on go.osu.edu slash Fisher Inc., where you can stay informed on all things Fisher. Thanks so much for listening and go Bucks.